Hello, Texans. Welcome into the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer with you. Soon to be joined by John Harris and also D.P. Sidhu will be along as we've got a good one for you tonight. Kurt Heinisch will join us in the next segment. Notre Dame product undrafted rookie doing some business on the D-line. And in that conversation, we're going to have Sean Pendergast's questions about Notre Dame sprinkled in, right? So we'll have a little Pendergast Notre Dame knowledge quiz for Kurt Heinisch. I thought that might be fun. But let's begin it with this fun thing because we need some fun this week, don't we? It's my cause, my cleats week in addition to everything else. And the players' cleats were on display today in the service level hallway at NRG Stadium. And we thought we'd highlight this because it's up on HoustonTexans.com, the Texans app. The John Mechie Leukemia Awareness Cleats that are being worn by the receivers group and Jalen Petrie. It's fun stuff. You see a video on HoustonTexans.com about this and a story as well. But we thought we'd check in with one of the receivers. He's actually in the practice squad. He's been up. He played against Philadelphia, had a reception there. And I've been wanting to visit with this guy for a while. Jalen Camp out of Georgia Tech, originally drafted by the Jaguars. So, Jalen, how are you doing? Great to have you with us. Going good. Going good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. All right, so let's get to my cause, my cleats first, because it's a big day. All the players are seeing the cleats. And what do you think of the Mechie strong cleats that the receivers, and I think Petrie's wearing them too, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, these cleats are real, real nice. I think we got a sneak peek of them last week. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the orange is a nice little, this is the um, color of the leukemia. Um, awareness. So I think that the not sure who this guy is, but he did a, he did an awesome job on the cleats. Uh, with Mechie Strong on the side of the cleats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it, these are real sick cleats, and I can't wait to rock them. Honestly, Jalen, where did the idea come from to wear those for your teammate John Mechie? Where did the idea come from? I mean, it's a tremendous idea, and yeah. all the receivers banding together. But what what was it? What kind of drove you guys to do that? I think it was just collectively. Um, you know, with the you know, veteran guys in our room, Phil Cooks, of course, yep. and uh, Chris Moore, um, just coming together and figuring out a way we could continue to keep Mechie with us with everything that he's dealing with. Yeah. Just finding some way. And I think this was a great idea. Absolutely. Um, and for, for us to just put these cleats together for him um, was very huge for us. I think it's bigger for us than it is for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to continue to raise awareness and, and to be right next to him in his fight. Yeah, how was it making that video when, well, I know you weren't thinking of it as a video, but we saw right. the video. It's posted on Texan social media yeah. of you guys on the field with the cleats, and he comes out and sees them. Oh, yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, I think we walked in that day that said that we were going to do something and surprise him with the cleats, so he had no idea about them. <laughs> um, and so when he walked through that tunnel, we were all standing in the end zone, you know, waiting for him to, you know, show him the cleats that we we all were super excited about. Um, and, you know, it was just – just, seeing that smile on his face, you know, walking out that tunnel. Um, and I think in the video you can hear him say, you know, this is what I'm going to do when I walk out the tunnel. So, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. those little things are just awesome for us to see. So did he have no idea? No idea. He had none. Because you could tell the way he's coming. He's like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do when I come out because he's doing his right. his uh, Karate Kid yeah, celebration. Yeah, exactly. And then it was like he saw you guys. Now, I will admit this, Jalen. I'm a softy. So mm-hmm. when I saw that video, I'm kind of yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. I don't know for how sure. you guys were keeping it together on for the sure. field, man. For sure, man. I don't know. How, did he hold it together? He he held it uh, pretty well, pretty well. He held it together pretty well. Um, he's you know, been through a lot. He's been yeah. through a lot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I think he's a very very tough guy. He's shown that from day one. Um, you know, with the with the injury he had, yeah, yeah. 
coming back from that and then, you know, finally be able to play and then getting this news um, right. and just seeing how tough he is and how he continues to push through everything. Jalen, it feels like you guys, we, we talk about this over the years. We talked about it with the DBs. We talked about it with the, the O-line. The O-line is always that way. Yeah. They're thick yeah. as thieves. But it feels like this wide receiver group is is pretty tight. Is that yeah. the is that the way it is with with your your group? It feels like you guys are really really tight and strong together. No, no, that is that is the truth. Um, I think that you know at the end of the day, um, you know we we see these guys every day. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? We're in text messages yep. outside of the building. We come in the building. It's the first group you see. You spend the most time with this group. Um, so it's just natural for us to be that close. Yeah. Um, and you know this is the the group that. You know, we go out to to battle with, and we pride ourselves in you know holding up our end of the yep. bargain um, on the offensive side of the ball. Absolutely. So you know that's definitely definitely very true. So what has this journey been like for you? You were drafted by the Jaguars. You end up here, and I know you're you're hanging in there with yeah. the organization. And every time we see you, it feels like you're making plays. Every yes, time man. we see you on the field. So tell us a little bit about what you've been through and and how you're taking it and going through it. Uh, it's a, it's a great journey. It's a great journey. I look at it as a as a great journey um, and a story that's still being written. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you know, I don't take anything that I've gone through for granted. Um, it's, I'm blessed through it all, and you know, every day that I get to walk in here and you know, put on the Texas uniform and go out to practice or you know, get a chance to play in the game. You know, I'm ecstatic for every opportunity, um, and so I'm just gonna keep trucking, um, waiting for that next opportunity. Honestly. Okay, I, I gotta say this. I remember when you were coming out of Georgia Tech, and I remember seeing you for the first time, dang, he's not missed a workout. It's, I mean, do you have, like, a special workout plan for you, or are you just naturally that way? Because you have, like, negative body fat, right, right. and it's it's unbelievable, like, the body and the build that you have. Right. You worked at that, that God-given, or is it both? I would, I would give it both. Yeah. I would give it both. I can't take anything away from what God did for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, – you know, my dad, he's owned a gym since I was probably ah, in middle okay. school. Okay. All right. There we so go. So that's this has the secret. Yeah, that's yeah. the secret. He's owned the gym since I was in middle school. So I've been every off season, yeah. you know, two workouts a day, just, you know, right next to him, getting strong. Like have a you, lot of weight. Have you had a chance to share with Amon Ross St. Brown? I mean, do you know the St. Brown family? I have because, not. I have not. Because his dad was a bodybuilder. Okay. And so they were doing kind of the same thing gotcha. growing up. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar. My dad was also a bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, and he's young, probably like 20s. Um, and so once he finished bodybuilding, yeah. he opened up a couple of gyms. Nice. Um, and that's, that's kind of where yeah. I've been at. Yes, sir. J Jalen Camp joining us. Uh, Georgia Tech, what was it like playing in that offense, playing in that system, and trying to say, hey, I'm a receiver. I can make a lot of plays. Right. I know there have been some other good ones coming out of for there sure, as well. For sure. For that I had to help, too. Definitely. Definitely. I think when I committed there, um, I think I had a lot of people like, hey, why are you going there? You know, mm -hmm. you're a receiver. Are you sure about this and that? Um, but, you know, I think with the academic side of things, it was only 40 minutes from my house. Um, and, you know, like like you just said, there were also, you know, Demarius Thomas, Calvin Johnson, Darren mm -hmm. Waller. There was other receivers, DeAndre Smelter, who yeah. was in that triple option, who also made it to the NFL. So, you know, I didn't rule my chances of the NFL out by going there. Um, and so I played three good years there in the triple option. And then, you know, my last two years I was able to, you know, uh, playing the spread, so that was also fun too. Get to throw the ball around a little bit more. All right, so growing up in Georgia, who who were the any sport? Mm -hmm. I would imagine you follow sports, right? Because you're wearing a Kobe Bryant shirt yes, right sir. now. Yes, sir. Oh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. But who were the players that maybe you emulated or you looked up to? Were they Falcons? Were there other teams? Were the Falcons your team? What was it kind of like growing up? What were your teams and who were your players? Uh, probably one of my biggest. Uh, 
probably just growing up in Atlanta was uh, Julio Jones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just because mm-hmm. I feel like he was that that freaking nature wide yeah, receiver, yeah. that that big, strong, fast yes. receiver. So that was somebody I definitely looked up to. And then um, I guess also, you know, Darren Waller, the success he's having right, right. in the NFL right now. Um, you Are know, you a him, Hawks fan? With my Hawks fans, see, I'm not that big of a Hawks fan, okay. man. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm a big LeBron James fan. Okay. okay. Big LeBron fan. All right. All right. But you got the Kobe shirt. Right. And right. this is an interesting Kobe shirt. Because okay. right away I look at the jersey. He's yeah. wearing Lakers jerseys, right. of course. One's 24, one's 8. There are mm-hmm. two Kobe Bryant images yeah. Yeah. on the shirt. And they say all wins <laughs> instead of Lakers. Yeah. So talk to me about this shirt, Jalen. Uh, this was actually, so I'm big into graphic t-shirts. Mm-hmm. So I think that I was kind of maybe just on the website um, looking yeah. at different graphic <laughs> tees. This was a, a perfect one for me. Um, just a tribute to Kobe. Um, you know, I think there's not too many people who are not fans of Kobe. Yep. Um, and definitely just want to, you know, pay tribute to him and, and homage to him whenever you can. Um, but I'm a definitely huge graphic tee fan. So when I saw this one, I just had to grab it. So were you a LeBron fan no matter where he's been, no matter like where Cleveland, he's been. Miami, wherever it he matter. goes, I go. Okay, that's All it. Right. Which is interesting because when we were growing up, Mark, way back in the day, right, we were we were more about the team than yeah. we were like particular players. Right, so it's right, like, for sure. You know, who, for sure. Who's your team growing up, or who's your guy growing up? No, no, I like the right, you know, the the Houston Oilers, for sure. or I like mm-hmm. Houston Rockets. For sure. Whereas it feels like younger people now are like, oh, I'm into LeBron it's changed. or I'm into it's definitely changed. Especially in the NBA. Yeah, it's definitely NBA. has changed yeah. with, with guys, superstars jumping around different teams, making super teams. So I, I definitely think he has changed a lot. Um, but I don't know, man. I just don't see how you can hate LeBron. So who's on the flip side of LeBron? That guy that, man, I, I want LeBron to light that dude up every time he sees him. It's got to be Steph Curry. Really? It has to be. Yeah. Okay. It has right. to be because of all their battles in the finals yeah. and, and right. Curry, I think he's got the best of them a couple couple more Not times. Durant? Not Kevin? Not Kevin Durant. Not I KD? think it's got to be Curry. All it's right. got to be Curry, man. Jalen Camp with us. Jalen, talk to me about staying ready for whatever opportunity you oh, yeah. can get, right? Yes, sir. On the practice squad, on the active roster, being lifted up. How do you take it week by week with oh, yeah. this organization waiting for those opportunities? Definitely. I think, truthfully, I think that regardless of what position you're in, whether that is practice squad, whether that is active, um, I do think that you have to take it in a, a week by week or a day by day basis. Um, I think that whenever you take your foot off the gas, you know, you're you, you become vulnerable um, mm-hmm. to the changes that happen in the NFL. Right. Um, so I think that regardless if I'm on the practice squad or if I'm on active, you know, I'm taking it day by day trying to what can I do to get better today? What mm-hmm. can I do to stand out, to stay on rosters, to to be that guy who they call up for that next opportunity. And when I do get that next opportunity, you know, how can I make that play? And for you, Jalen, what what is it that you – I know a lot of players, so I want to work on everything. But is yeah. there anything particular that you want to work on that you want to show, hey, I can do this? Maybe mm-hmm. they don't think I can, but I know I can do this. Is there anything like that that you're kind of working on uh, as you go through practice, as you go through the week to get better? Oh, yeah. I think that uh, you can never get – I think you can never get fast the, – uh, not get fast enough. Right. Mm-hmm. So always speed, as always. Um, you got speed guys in the room that yeah. is always pushing you to the next level, like Cooks and, and Phil and, and Chris Mortals, all Blazers. Um, so speed is always a thing to try to work on, just mechanics and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And then also just uh, the the short to inter- intermediate uh, route route game for me mm-hmm. as well. 
Um, I think the the deeper routes are easier to run yeah. and just kind of getting your feet under you for those intermediate routes. Before you walked in, on my timeline popped up a Jerry Rice yeah. uh, video, and it was just Jerry Rice running routes. Yeah. And I I didn't really think about it way back then, but I think about it more to, more now about running routes. Right. Is that more art or science in your in your estimation? The the art of running routes. There's also science to running the route. You know, you got to be in a particular spot, and there's some things you have to do to get there. But is it more art or is it more science? I would probably have to give it to science. I would have to give it to science just because I do believe that in certain routes, with I say science because of velocity. Yeah, and yeah, then. Yeah. Speed and getting as right. fast as you can go. Right. right. Stopping with your feet under you. Right. Coming back to the quarterback, breaking away from the quarterback, whatever the route is. Yeah. I think I have to give it more to science because different things are intertwined. Excellent. Jalen, thanks a lot for joining us. Best of luck. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Wide receiver Jalen Camp. Coming up, Kurt Heinisch playing on the D-line. We'll get to know him a little bit better and have Sean Pendergast's Notre Dame knowledge quiz for him. Coming up, among other things, on the Texans Players Show, it's Texans Radio. Let's get right to our next guest here on the Texans Players Show. It's Kurt Heinisch, Texans defensive lineman, undrafted rookie from Notre Dame. Good to have you on. And look, you come from Notre Dame. You come from a program where you've won a lot of games. And I know this year is not going according to plan, but it's part of the process, young team developing. So what is that like for you as a player comes from a program like that? And I know there are a lot of you rookies and second year guys like that. Do you talk about that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those situations where obviously this, this season isn't going how we envisioned it from the start. Um, and obviously this is my first year in the NFL, so I can only speak as much as I know so far. But one of the things that you know we've all talked about and you know just keep throwing punches no matter mm-hmm. what if you're going down keep throwing punches day to day day in and day out keep yeah. throwing punches they're going to land and they're going to build up and this is going to overturn and we'll be all right what has it been like for you being in the trenches in these NFL games going up against NFL offensive linemen? You went up against great talent at Notre Dame. Yeah. This is another level, the next level. So what is that whole situation like for you? Um, it, I mean, it's awesome. Like, I, you know, it's a jungle in there and it's ugly, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. You know what I mean? I was, was in it for five years in Notre Dame. I grew up being a defensive lineman. So I love it. I love getting nasty in there. And it's just something you're either born to do or you're not. There's only certain kind of people can do it. A lot of people talk about the rookie wall hitting it because around this time of the year, you're done playing football. What's that been like for you? Because you're in playing such a physical position, and now we're in the final stretch of the season. Yeah. You know, how does the body feel? And, you know, mentally, what is that like just to wrap around the fact that you've got more games still left to play? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I was talking to someone yesterday, and I was just like, it's crazy to think that we still have seven more games left. Is it seven? Six. Six. It's crazy to think that we have six more games left. Um, you know, because in college, I mean, Notre Dame just played their last game out of USC. Unfortunately, we lost, but that's whatever. Um, <laughs> But it, it, it's crazy to think because, you know, if I was still in college, I'd be like, oh, I have one more game after this, you know, bowl game, or if we're going to the playoffs, potentially two more, right? So, yep. um, but, my, you know, Mike Eubanks and his staff, they do a great job of keeping us strong, keeping our muscles feeling good. And same with our athletic training staff with Roland and all those guys in there. They do a great job. What you, was, go I was going to ask a year ago from today, obviously we know you were undrafted, but what was your process like this time last year when you finished playing your last game for Notre Dame? What did you, did you take some time off before you started preparing uh, did you prepare for the draft? You know, what, what was that offseason like for you? Yeah, so, um, well, after, after, well, geez, well, Coach Kelly left, and then 
it was kind of a crap show for a little bit after that last game out at Stanford. And then we kind of got things figured out, got the new head coach, got things sorted out again. Went out to Arizona at Scottsdale, pl- played the game out in Scottsdale. Uh, unfortunately lost, blew a big lead. That was still to this day, that yeah. hurts. Um, after that, went home for probably about a week um, and then went down and started to train down in um, Davie, Florida at Bomberitos. That's where I did my pro day training at. Um, and then after that, March, you know, had my pro day, went back home, trained at home, and that was it until I came here. So you were playing the NFL game over the weekend, not far from where you did your pro day training. Correct, yeah. In Davie, Florida. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Kurt Heidish joining us on Texans Radio. I'm so curious about Kelly and him leaving, so I'll just ask you right now. Let's get it out of the way. Were you surprised that he went to LSU? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone, you know, expected him to leave. Um, but, you know, it was the best decision for him and, you know, in his family and in this business. That's really what it boils down to, and it's what's best for you and your family. So I have no – I was a little upset that he left, mm-hmm. um, but I, I have no problem with it. And I still really like Coach Kelly. I have all the respect for him in the world, and I still watch LSU football and still root for him and all those guys that he took with him. Gives you another school to root for. That's right. Yeah, I was going to say, you follow him now at LSU. He had a tough loss over the weekend. I know. I was well, pretty upset. I was really hoping they Aggies got into the playoffs. Aggies were pretty happy. Yeah. 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 Well, these things happen. It's college football. Yeah. Anything can happen. It's NFL football, any given yeah. Sunday. All right, so you train for your pro day. You're undrafted. Well, what was it like signing with the Texans in the early stages of last offseason when you got to rookie camp and that kind of thing? So, for me, it was, um, it was, it was pretty crazy because – I was watching the draft, and I was just so irritated. It was the it was the first round, and I was so irritated hearing that I was going to be a you know a last day guy, day three guy, and you know potentially not picked up at all. I was so irritated, so I went out and I I went up to the local high school and I started doing drills. Like I you know yeah. I, I thought I was Rocky like doing drills in the during cold. the draft during the draft. You know I thought oh, okay. I was you know being like a cool guy, whatever. But <laughs> then I started doing sprints, right, and um. No one knows the story, but I can tell it now because I feel like I'm pretty, you know, I, I, I'm all it's better. It's behind you now. Yes, yes, now, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I pulled my hamstring. Right, <laughs> doing right, drills. Doing drills. What? Yes. I, I pulled my hamstring right before um, I came down here. And the two weeks before um, I came down here, I just literally every single day rehabbed it because I was like, if I got here, and like, and as an, as an undrafted, dude, you arrive injured. I arrive injured. <laughs> Not gonna <laughs> the, be good. The same day I walk in is gonna be the same day I walk out. Yeah. So I didn't tell a soul. I did all of mini camp, like, but me and this guy back home in Pittsburgh, we literally we rehabbed three times a day for two weeks. And I came down here, didn't tell a soul, and was completely fine. So and it I, wasn't like those one of those really bad hamstring pulls. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad, but I tweaked it, and I, as soon as I did it, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Did you know right away? I knew exactly what it was. Yeah, did it, yeah. Have and you now, done it before? Had you done it before? Uh, no. But you're, you well, just said. What drill were you running? Were you just running sprints in the cold? Or something? I was. Just, I was just running sprints. Yeah, I warmed up, and I was like, oh, "I'm pretty warm." Uh, mm-hmm. I was running sprints, and then literally Ooh. my buddy was was timing me. I was doing like time sprints, and then I got. We were doing like forty yard striders. I got like 30 yards and Ooh. I, you know, and I was like, I just felt something pop. And I was like, Oh gosh, I turned and I was like, dude, I just pulled my hamstring. You can't make this up. Right. And so then I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I rehabbed for the next two, two weeks and came down here and, um, went through rookie mini camp, completely fine. Mm-hmm. Went through uh, OTAs, completely fine. And I, you know, I was 
probably 80% healthy when I came down here, but I wasn't going to tell anybody that. Yeah. So I just muscled through it and, and I was great. So that's an intense rehab three times a day for two. Weeks. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. But it that's just, amazing. Yeah. But like it was something I had to do. And Cautionary I've, tale. Hey, I, I've never told anybody this story. I, <laughs> I might've told one or two people this story, but like, it's, it's a pretty funny story, but it's behind me now. So, but it's also overcoming adversity, Kurt, right? right. Because <laughs> now you have the confidence. Well, not that you didn't have it before, but if you get into a similar situation, you know you can come back fast as long as it's one of those possibilities that you could possibly. I'm a fast come healer. Back fast. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fast healer. Fast healer. I've there it been. is. I've We've heard been. that before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been. That's awesome. Uh, what were your first impressions, though, matching up with your rookies, fellow rookies here, and then getting ready to do OTAs with the rest of the squad? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, all the rookie, the guys I came in with, um, Damian Daniels and Thomas Booker. And Dio, mm-hmm. um, they were all great dudes, and we all bonded well from the start. Um, we all had, you know, we had meetings two times a day. We had meetings with the vets, and then we had rookie meetings. So we bonded through those, and then, you know, the vets took us underneath their wing, and they taught us everything that they know, and they kind of, you know, helped us and, and, and helped us along through OTAs and even camp, so... What do you think this offseason is going to be like for you personally, physically? Are you going to put on weight, take off weight, get stronger in certain areas? I'm going to get as strong as humanly possible. Okay. I believe you. Yeah. (laughs) That's my plan. Is that that a common goal for most rookies? I mean, I hear it at different positions that after your rookie season, you you can really focus on putting on more muscle and getting stronger. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like the training you do for your pro day training isn't conducive to playing football, right? You're, Mm. you're, you know, running a 40-yard dash and – yeah, you know, benching two twenty five, and you amazing. hope not to have to run too many forties in football. Right, right. you're running more like tens and fifteens, right. especially for my position. Right. Why? So. Why can't that change, Kurt? Why can't we change the draft evaluation stuff to get rid of the forty, at least at certain position groups, but it's and so make it more? It is entertaining for us. We love watching offensive and we linemen love compar- run 40 comparing yards. For, the me, numbers. for me, it, it actually really helped out because I think a lot of people thought I wasn't that fast. And then mm-hmm. I, I pulled up and ran a 4.9 at, oh. at 305. And then everyone was like, All right, maybe we should go back and watch tape. So then it kind of helped me out a lot. Sure. Did you get a lot of calls um, from teams as an undrafted? Yeah. Yeah, there was... Um, it was just it was just irritating because I could tell it was just like they just wanted me to come and be an undrafted guy. They had no interest in drafting me. They were just kind of like, how, yeah. how, when you're going through that process, how do you pick? Because you, you it's I think if you're going to be a, a seventh round pick versus an undrafted, is it better to be undrafted because then you can pick where you go? You can sort of look at the team, look at the roster, look at where you've got kind of the best chance to make a, a team. Yeah, I mean, there's that benefit, but it's also you kind of want to be somewhere where they want you as well. So getting drafted somewhere is is like they they, they picked you. They picked you. They picked you to come here. Um, I felt I had a good bond with our defensive line coach Jock. So when we when he called me and it uh, it seemed really genuine and it seemed like he believed in me, and I appreciated that because it not a lot of people believed in me at that time. So I appreciated that, and so I came here. You, right. Your story was one of, I think, one of our favorite stories coming out of training camp. There were a few undrafted guys that made the 53-man roster, and I feel like, you know, we didn't really know who you were in the off season and heading into camp because there was just so many other veteran guys in that D-line group. But the play that you had in, 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 in preseason and throughout training camp, you obviously made a case for yourself making the 53-man roster. What was that feeling like for you? Um, after this entire process, pulling your hamstring and not getting drafted to make a 53-man roster, like, did, I mean, were you as surprised as everyone else, or did you sort of feel like okay, he now knew it? Sees? I wasn't surprised. 
No, I knew I was going to make it. That was a mm. deep D-line room. Though. It was. It was deep. It was deep. super and deep. I remember, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that to be disrespectful to anybody mm, else. No. Sure, because they, we had great talent. But in my mind, if I wasn't going to make it here, mm. I was, I was going to make it somewhere else. Yeah. Because of the film that I was going to put up and the determination that I had coming into, into that camp. Yeah, the preseason games, you really showed up in those and, and showed out, as Lovey would say. And there it was. All right, let's go back to your background. Kurt Heinis joining us on the Texans Players Show. You're from Pittsburgh, yeah. Central Catholic High School. That's right. All right, so in high school, you're on the Fabulous 22, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I know what that is. I used to work at State College 100 years ago. So Penn State, Pitt, they got to come after you, right? Who else, and what was the decision like to go to Notre Dame? Um, so I had, I had a, a good amount of offers to go to other places, but the places I really narrowed it down to was um, Penn State mm-hmm. and Notre Dame. Um, I really liked Penn State. I really liked Coach James Franklin. Thought he was a great guy, the defensive line coach at the time who was there. Um, I had a great relationship with him. Um, and then I, I was at Penn State with my family on a visit, and I was like, man, I really want to come here. Like, I, I think I'm gonna, I, I, this is where I think I want to be. My dad was like, well, let's just wait one more week. We're going to go to Notre Dame next week, see if you like it. So the next week, I went to Notre Dame, and as soon as I got to their campus, met everybody. I just felt so comfortable there, yeah. and I was walking around the campus, and I was just like, I feel like I was at home. Mm. Yeah. And then along with, it's the mecca of college football, and the balance of academics and athletics is second to none. Is that what won you over, just sort of the, the ability to do both, or was it just not what you were expecting compared to, to Penn? I was just like, another big thing was like, my dad would always tell me, you don't really find out who you are until you get out of your comfort zone. Right. So if I was at Penn State, I'd be two hours away from home. So I'd still be like, mm-hmm. right. If I was in Notre Dame, I was six hours away from home. So I was yeah. close enough to, I mean, obviously if anything ever happened, I could go home, but I was by myself. Were they Penn State fans, your family? Um, No, I my whole life, um, we kind of watched, kind of watched everybody, but I remember being a Notre Dame fan growing up. Okay. I was a big fan of Manti Teo. All right. Uh, I was a big fan of them when they played Alabama in the national championship and lost. Have you seen the Netflix like, special? I was going to just ask <laughs> yeah. him that. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Mm. Beautiful um, shots of Notre Dame, by the way. Yeah, it's an incredible campus. Gorgeous. It's an incredible campus. And it's just like, it's just, I mean, no matter what time of the year it is there, it's always beautiful. It's just the way that the campus is set up and the buildings and everything. It's, it's awesome. Although the way they portrayed it in that documentary, it was like, oh, well, he came from California and it was so dreary. Dreary, in South, Bend, dreary South Bend, No, it's dreary. I mean, we. I grew up in Indiana. It is dreary. Oh, yeah, you know. But if you're from Pittsburgh, I mean, you're like, oh, well, this is just winter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's called you, winter. Yeah, yeah, just six months and no sun. It's all good. It's all good. I can't you deal with it, it anymore. I can't either, actually. No. Is it nice to be down here? I'm going to be honest with you. We went, we went back up to New York and it was like that kind of crap. Happy, like northern, yeah, permacloud right. weather. I was, just, I kind of cheesed like a little kid. I was just so excited. I was like, I, kinda, I love this stuff. Well, we've gotten our share of that stuff around here lately as well. Much more coming up with Kurt Heinisch, including Sean Pendergast's Notre Dame knowledge quiz. Let's get to that, among other things, next here, the Texans Player Show on Texans Radio. Keeping it going here on the Texans Player Show. More from our conversation with Notre Dame product defensive lineman Kurt Heinisch. All right, we have some Notre Dame questions for you here. And, uh, well, first, my kid wants to get into Notre Dame. And he's 16 years old. He's a junior. So he doesn't have it narrowed down yet. But can you make a little pitch for me on going to Notre Dame? Now, usually it's the other way around. People are begging to get in. But 
you know, sell me on Notre Dame a little bit here for a high school student in Houston, Texas. You want me to sell you as a parent? Yeah, yeah. Sell me. Because it's more than six hours. And from it's here, more obviously. money than I have <laughs> ever had. Uh, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I don't he's think not going to get a, help you with the toy. He's not going to get a full half or do you, quarter <laughs> ride. Do you want your kid to get a world class education? Yes. Oh, he's asking oh. me closing questions. Oh, I this like this. He's a salesman. All right, go on. World class education. Mm-hmm. Be a part of history. All right. When they win, when they win, their, win their national championship <laughs> in a couple of years with Marcus Freeman. Okay. Build great bonds. Okay, I like that. I still, to this day, my one of my best friends from Notre Dame was a regular student. The camaraderie that you build there is second to none. It is beautiful, even in the wintertime. Okay, even in the wintertime. Even in the wintertime. That's winter a subjective time. thing. I like that. All right, now. I let, thought that was pretty good. I, I like it. I thought that, on the spot? Can I get a scholarship? That's my question. <laughs> He's like, can you help pay the tuition? We'll worry about that I didn't that have anything ready. Later. Just kind of put me on the spot. Yeah, of course. And we're about to do that again here because Sean Pendergast, who's the morning show host, co-host on Sports Radio 610, our flagship, and Notre Dame alum, who has interviewed you in the postgame show before, yeah. uh, he gave me some questions here. So let's listen in to some Notre Dame questions to find out how well you know Notre Dame, okay? And I have no idea. I haven't heard these, so let's just all hear them for the first time together. All right, Kurt, let's do this. It's Sean Pendergast with the morning show, Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Notre Dame class of 1991. So I got a few trivia questions here for you. Some football, but some overall university related. Let's start out with a little bit of football, shall we? Okay. Sure. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish have had seven Heisman Trophy winners in their history. Name three of them. Just three. Three out of the seven. Okay. Can you do that, Kurt? Boy, that's pretty gonna, tough. <laughs> I, I was like, is he going to make him name seven? Even three is hard. Yeah. Um, Rocket Ishmael, did he, did he win the Heisman? No. Runner up. I have Sean's answer, by the way, if you want to give up right now. But we could opine for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to give up on that one. Okay. The seven Heisman Trophy winners are Angelo Bertelli, John Lujak, Leon Hart, John Latner, Paul Horning. Those are all back in the 40s and 50s. Oh, Oh, John Hewitt as well. That was in the 60s. And Tim Brown. Tim Brown. Who was there for my freshman year in 1987. Those are the seven Heisman Trophy winners. Okay, Sean, these are really really hard. hard. That's really hard, especially since they're older. And Rocket Ishmael, it makes sense, I guess, that he didn't win it. But, hey, Tim Brown won it, so you never know. All right, let's get to Sean's second Notre Dame question. All right, next question. This is a simple one. What year was the University of Notre Dame founded? 1842. What year was the University of Notre Dame founded? 1842. All right, you said 1842, and let's see what Sean says. The answer, 1842. It's plastered all over some of the logos and things like that. I hope you got that one right. 1842. That's why I knew it so quickly. Okay, that's very good. Good job. Kurt Heinisch, Notre Dame alum, on getting that question right. Here's Sean's third Notre Dame trivia question. All right, last one. And this one has a tie to the city of Houston. Back in the 1979 Cotton Bowl, (laughs) Notre Dame played the University of Houston. Huge comeback led by Joe Montana, who was sick for that game, but led a huge comeback for Notre Dame to beat the University of Houston. What miracle concoction brought Joe Montana basically back from the dead to lead that comeback? All right, I know this one very well, and I I think of it every time I have this particular concoction, which is not a concoction. It's a meal. It's something you eat when it's cold, or is it drink? That's your hint, Kurt. (laughs) Tomato soup? 
It was chicken soup. Yeah. Oh, okay. The answer? That's my guess. Chicken noodle soup. Supposedly, Joe Montana was sipping on chicken noodle soup at halftime. Incredible. So there you go. All right, that's that's it. Thank you, Sean Pendergast, for those Notre Dame <laughs> questions. Yeah, that's a legendary story. It was really cold at the Cotton Bowl, colder than usual for Texas in the winter. And he had chicken noodle soup at the half and came out and beat the Cougars. And the Cougars were awesome back then in the Southwest Conference. That was a big game. Joe Montana, third-round draft choice. That's interesting. You know where he's from, too? He's from Pennsylvania. Did he go? What high school did he go to? Uh, Ringgold. Okay. A lot of good quarterbacks from Pennsylvania. Joe Namath, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, all from Pennsylvania. Very yep. cool, right? Yep. yep. All right. There we go. There's a little history. Dan Marino for went you. to my high school, fun fact. Dan Marino? He went to my high school. Is his picture up at the high school? Everywhere. It is. Of course. Yeah. Of course it is. It has to be. Dan the Iceman Marino. You won a lot of games in high school, too. I did. All right. What's the best high school football memory for you, Kurt? Well, winning the state championship my junior year has to be. Well, yeah, but often, sometimes it's like a little moment within the moment. So I was wondering if it wouldn't um, be that. Yeah, honestly, it was. So my junior year, we played in a conference that was absolutely stacked. And we lost one game the whole year. And the division, the conference that we were in, had it out for us. They didn't want us to win because we won the year before that, too. Mm -hmm. And we were a private school, so everyone hated the private school kids. Yeah. And so the, the playoffs, we were in the 4A at the time. And the next year, they split to 6A. The first team that we played, the first round of the playoffs, had Miles Sanders on their team. He was their running back. Ooh. Oh, wow. They were trying to knock us out early. Mm -hmm. Wiped the floor with them. Oh, nice. We kicked the crap out of them. Nice. I love Miles. He's a great dude. I, I wouldn't say he's a, he was an incredible running From back. From 4A yeah. to 6A? That's that, a huge jump. They, they, they moved the divisions. So they, they changed up the, the divisions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, that's a size thing, right? To go from like, or is it just location that you went from four to six? No, it was just that when there was there was one through four, and then they changed it one, two, three, four, five. Oh, six. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And I thought do it, it was males in your graduating gotcha. class. Gotcha. Okay. Pretty sure. So anyways, we beat the crap out of Woodland Hills, and then the second round of the playoffs, they made us face North Allegheny, which we lost to earlier that year, and then they were like, if we beat, that was the semifinals to go yep. to the Whitfield Championship. Beat them. Beat the crap out of them. And then... These are big-time schools. And then my... The, the championship game, we played Penn Trafford. Mm -hmm. And beat them. And then from then on, we just ran through everybody. I love this Pennsylvania football stuff. This is Tom Cruise and all the right moves way before your time. <laughs> so speaking of that kind of stuff, Kurt Heinisch with us on the Texans Players Show... All right, give me a couple of shows that you've binge-watched recently that you've enjoyed on Netflix or whatever the case may be, whatever the platform is. Uh, so I just I just finished up a show called The Watcher on yep. Netflix. I've, I've heard, heard about this. It. It's yeah. kind of a horror sort of thing. It's, it's mystery. Scary, it's, just, it's just mystery, yeah. Okay. Um, excuse me. Um, it's like this family moves into this house, and they just keep getting weird letters about like people watching the house, this and that. Yeah. And that and, no one ever dies or anything. No one ever That's gets so creepy. No one ever gets hurt, but it's just weird. I would move. Dude, they, they, they come with you. The guy had a lot of money tied up into the house. Mm. Okay, so they, they they couldn't just move. So out. they set it up where it's very difficult to move. Yeah, I guess a letter isn't enough to do it. But for it's me. true. It's a true story. Oh, yeah, that's the craziest part. Huh. Mm -hmm. It's a true story. All right, what else? Um, I'm a big fan of the show Yellowstone. Yeah, great show. 
Great show. And then my all-time favorite show is The Sopranos. I by oh, far watch The Sopranos. Wow. Have you told Sean Pendergast this? Three He's a times huge a Sopranos yeah. fan. You yeah. just won him over even more. Yeah, it's the greatest Not show only are you fighting Irish, you're Sopranos. a Sopranos fan. You need a regular stand on the Sports Radio 610 Morning Show. I think so. You know, a lot of people your age, though, Kurt, have not been exposed to The Sopranos enough. Because, you know, it's an older show. It's great. It's the greatest show of all time. That's all I have to say oh. about it. That uh, that theme song I remember on Sundays that would come on and that would yeah. just I yeah. mean that was it, it was before Netflix and yeah. everything else you just had to watch it live fantastic right. music Kurt the locker room who controls the music in the locker room how is that delegated um I mean is is so somebody the, the boss of it all the speaker is usually on our side of the locker room it's so like you've been in the locker room there's yeah imagine, as soon as you enter the so d-line the, for the yeah. people listening it's like a giant rectangle mm -hmm. imagine the bottom left probably three-fourths of the way through of the, of the rectangle is where the speaker's at it's the okay. best picture i can make does that sound yeah sure. it's like right? as soon as sure. you enter to the to your left to right your left. yeah so it's near all the defensive linemen so either jonathan grenard does it or uh mike dwarmfor does it okay oh, okay and well the offensive guys don't have issue with this if they want to come put something on, no one they gotta come no all one, the way down. Well, no one yeah. ever says. I mean, everyone usually like no one complains about the music. Hey, no one complains about the music, really. No, it's everyone, very friendly. You guys all have similar music tastes. Yeah, I mean, and like if someone isn't like feeling someone else's music, they'll just be like, "Yeah, I put someone else on." But yeah, it's all good. Mm -hmm. All right, okay, that's good. I think the D line group is pretty close. It very seems close. like it's a pretty close knit yeah. group. For yeah, very often, D-line groups don't have that identity. You know, we've had one other one here that I thought was as close as this one uh, over the years because I've been here since the beginning of the franchise. But uh, why is that? Can you talk about that a little bit? I just think it's just the work that we put in together. It's just one of those situations where you face adversity during camp every day together. The adversity of being hot and sweaty and leaning on one another and working together it builds a bond during camp does it get old to face the same old lineman after a while the same guys uh yeah yeah it does i mean mm, it's just like yeah that's every year you know what i mean it's just you finally but camp in the nfl was a lot better than camp in college i mean college camp was like a month long and it's a month long without any preseason games without that, right with it's no with, games, without yeah. any preseason games so you're doing inter squad scrimmages every weekend until against the same guys it's like all right where's the first game at but then here it's nice split it up you go to preseason should there be scrimmages in college football against other teams yeah mm. something controlled like thud not tackle that kind of thing that's not gonna happen there's no way someone would just do thud it's gonna turn into a it's gonna turn a into a fight yeah. it kind of is already in the, even in the nfl well that's, that's why lovey that. doesn't want to do uh inter-squad stuff because we've seen some fights over the years he feels like it's just going to result in some fights and yes. lack of productivity and it does happen a lot that way i mean every time two teams get together everyone's sort of Chippy. eager to see it the media is eager to see a fight they want to see fights yeah but then they got to call it and then that's the end of practice and you're like what was what was the yeah. point of that right exactly they called the whole thing off i remember thomas booker in camp was talking about just being a rookie and being in mini um in, in training camp and he talked about how he was taking a lot of notes and he how he leaned on you a lot the two of you guys were sort of going through it together yeah we were we were two rookies that were going through it together and um Thomas is a great friend of mine, and, and we always lean on each other for advice and other things. Um, so, yeah, it was a good friend to have during camp. Does it feel like the ramp-up process is just so much faster in camp because you're doing it every single day? You're getting reps every single day? Yeah. How much better do you think you got during camp? Oh, my gosh, so much better. It's just because, like, you're in the NFL, so everybody's good. Like, every single player you play is mm -hmm. good. It's not like where you're in college and 
every once in a while you play someone that isn't, you know, that good or everybody in the NFL is really good. So Kurt Heinisch with us. All right. We talked about the TV stuff. What about music, like pregame music, firing you up or stuff you like to listen to when you're at home? We talked about the locker room, but you individually, Kurt. For like pregame, I like, I don't know. I kind of, I'm kind of, a, I don't know. Uh, I like those like Pantera and like Metallica. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. And then um, play that for the whole squad. I like that. That kind of gets <laughs> every, that gets the blood pumping, Kurt. Do if, it. If you walk in the locker room and Metallica is playing, I don't know what I would think. People would just something. Like, wait, is something Pantera? wrong? Pantera. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's get some of that going. Best. What's your favorite Metallica song? It's not like that though. It's hard to pick a song for a Metallica fan. It, it, it's TV. just like I the it's one. Too I, many. It's a feeling. I have a favorite Metallica song. Um, it's for a very for who, for whom the bell tolls. Oh, okay. is great. You know, it's like uh, you know, get you fired up. I love that one. What's yours, DP? Enter Sandman. Of course, uh, yeah, everyone loves Enter Sandman. Because I'm not a big Metallica fan. I mean, that's yeah. that's like a big hit by them. It is. It's, it's the like most a, mainstream. So I yeah. just remember like going to Astros games and Billy Wagner. Yeah, they bring him in relief, and he would sort of walk out. They play Enter Sandman, and then he'd sprint for the mound. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, this is. They do that at Virginia Tech. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a Virginia Tech game. Yes. It's awesome. That's they, a do, big, uh, they do Enter Sandman. They play Enter Sandman. Did you come play out. there? Twice. Play there at nighttime twice. And they Ooh. Oh, it, it was Virginia electric. Tech at night. You can't get there from here, first of all. Y- you can measure on the Richter scale. They measure on the Richter scale. It so is. They, they tell you measure earthquakes. It is. How loud it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a scene. And how, how like, the stadium shakes. You favorite, basic- I was going to say favorite college stadium to play in. Other than your home stadium, Notre Dame. So. Favorite stadium that I played in was probably... Probably Georgia, my junior year. Oh, yeah, the hedges. That place was rocking. It was awesome. Yeah, those environments in the SEC are something mm-hmm. else. Yeah, absolutely awesome. fantastic. Did you play at Penn State ever? Never. Okay, been to a Penn State game, but I've never. But you know what it's like there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thoughts on facing the Browns here? This is a big game. You're going to hear a lot, by the way. We're we're sort of getting you ready for the media onslaught that's about to approach you in the locker room because myself or just other people. The whole team. The whole team. Oh, okay. Anybody? He's like me. What if I, I was yes. like, what did I do? Yeah. No, yeah. What did you do? <laughs> what did you do to make the Browns? No, because so angry? it's uh, Deshaun Watson's first game with them. It's going to be a big deal. You're going to be up against that line, running game, all of it. But the return of Watson here is a big story. I know you have nothing to do with this, but. Does some of it seep in that way, or is it another game to you guys? Where you... Faceless opponent. Okay. Just show up and prepare like I do every single week. I mean, I'm excited to play the Browns because my buddy plays for them. So Your buddy? Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa. Okay. J-O-K. They call him J-O-K. Yeah, J-O-K. He's number and I will be calling okay. him that during the broadcast as well because it's a lot easier. I'm, 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 excited. I'm excited to play against him. He's a good buddy of mine, so we play together at Notre Dame, so it's fun. So that stands out to you a lot more than anything else? Uh, Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I love playing against my buddies and talking smack when they're on the field. I never get to go up against them, but when I'm on the sideline, I see I'm going to be talking smack and joking around. He's my boy. Well, we look forward to watching you. Thanks a lot for joining us, Kurt. We appreciate it. Thank you. There's Texans defensive lineman Kurt Heinisch. Texans all-access on the way and Texans matchup. You don't want to miss a thing. Have a great evening, everyone. Go Texans.